0: Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Coming to you from the Play Draft Studios with your hosts, Mike Wright, Ben Cummins, and Chris Meany. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the podcast. This is the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. It's divisional weekend. It's the best weekend of the football year. The absolute best of the best. They're still around, and DFS is still going. I'm your host, Mike, the fantasy hitman, right? Joined as always, Chris Meany, our friend from the North, the king of the North, some might say. How are you doing, Chris?
1: I like that, Mike. Uh, if you, say you like, it, you like being the King of that. the North? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, I'll take that. Yeah, you're right. You said it off the top. We were talking about last week being so fun, wild card weekend, but this is the best weekend in all of sports. Looking forward to this
0: slate. Join this week, our good friend Ben Cummins. He could not make it onto the podcast, and we said we got to get someone else. So, someone who might challenge you, Chris Meany, for your moniker of King of the North. Because that's where he hails from. Well, one of our friends, a friend of the fantasy footballers, the Holka maniac, I believe, is uh, something that he may or may not like me saying about him. But Mr. Joel Holka, you know him if you're on Twitter. If you don't, he's on Twitter, at Joel Holka. One of the rare people who actually just gets their name as their Twitter hander. What is up, Joe? Thank you for joining us.
2: What's going on, Mike? I was kind of curious what you were going to do with the whole King of the North thing there, but I think you tied it together relatively well. I, I was going to see how you could actually bring that together. but how, that was, uh...
0: how far north are you, Joe?
2: I'm in Minneapolis now, but okay. I- as you know, I am from Arizona, so th- that's kind of how I met you guys in the first place.
0: Yeah, if you were in like Duluth, maybe maybe you could uh, hang with the King of the North, but you're, you're living large. You're in the city. You're fine. Well, he actually s- may be more north than me. <laughs> Wait, what? How was that possible? <laughs> Tur-
1: I'm in Toronto, right? But I mean, if you take a look at the map, you go a little left, it kind of, it it's pretty much a straight line, actually. It's, my it's,
0: knowledge and my thought of the Canadian border is it's literally <laughs> a just a straight lateral line. There is no ups and downs. <laughs> right. Just everything. All right. there. Here we go. Let's get into the, the divisional round as you know once we get into the playoffs we stop going with cash game GPP picks of the week we just start breaking down the slate because there's only the four games let's start with the Colts at Chiefs the Chiefs are five and a half point uh, favorites I got a little shocked there a little stumbled over the words because 57 mm. the over under 57 in a playoff game that's absolutely fantastic. All right, we're gonna throw it over to our guest, Joe. We're gonna let him start it off. We're gonna start with the Colts, Andrew Luck. Are you paying up for Andrew Luck? How are you feeling about the the Indianapolis Colts throwing the ball against the Chiefs?
2: Man, I'll, I'll I'll say one thing too. Like the playoff slates are by far some of the best slates of the entire yes, year. Yes, we it's, love them. It's great. Just uh, I think the biggest thing I'm sure you guys have talked about this too is like giving yourself some sort of flexibility with late swaps. So. That's something I'm definitely thinking about when I'm building my lineup. So, like, it's terrible. Like, two weeks in a row, we've had probably the best game as game number one. So it puts you in kind of a weird situation on on how much exposure do you want to this game. But that said, like, Andrew Luck is a guy that's pretty easily stackable in this spot. Um, And it is uh, it is one of those pos- positions where you, you can pay up, but uh, all the way up from Mahomes definitely alters what you can do with some of the elite running backs that we have on this slate. So I think if I want to get access to one quarterback, it's definitely going to be Andrew Luck in this game in particular.
0: Okay, so Chris Meany, the uh, Mr. Marlin Mack attack. Let me actually. Let me. Uh, let me di- divert here, Joe. Who do you have winning this game?
2: I honestly think that it's going to be close, but I think you, you can't really argue against what KC has been able to do this year. I think that that Indy it does have probably the offensive line to hold up this pass rush. And I think that that's, that's a big part of like my decision-making process, which quarterback is going to see pressure and which one isn't. So um, I honestly think that Indy is going to hold up pretty well, but okay. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep up with the scoring on the other side.
0: So you like the over-under? You think it's fine?
2: I do, yeah. In a playoff game, yeah, it's a little bit high. But honestly, we probably haven't seen a slate like this in the playoffs in quite some time. So I'm to- I'm totally okay with the, the
0: high over-under. All right, Meanie. High over, under, talk about who you got winning this game and then how you were looking at Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines. Mr. No-show yeah. of the wild card round. I hope your exposure to Hines was minimal or zero because that's how much he was on the field. How are you handling Marlon Mack?
1: Yeah, nine snaps was, uh, was awful. That's not good. Not, not good. And a lot of people in the fantasy community are talking about uh, you know, a bounce-back game from him this week. If the Colts have to play catch-up, he gets on the field, catches a few balls. But we know that Mack can catch as well. He's got at least three targets in his past three games. But. You're right, Mike. He's just been a workhorse. At least 24 carries in three of his past four games. Yeah, he was phenomenal last week against a really strong run defense. Now, that offensive line in Indy, we've been talking about it all year long, especially when Ryan Kelly is playing the center for the Colts. It's just, it's extremely strong. And they're going to have their way with Kansas City if they want to run the ball. Frank Reich has said it. Yeah, obviously we want to run the ball and keep Mahomes off the field. But, you know, I look at the Colts defense and it has been good lately, but what quarterbacks have they played over the past few weeks? I mean, oh, we're going off this off card the They really have though. Blink Abbott twice, Manning, Prescott, Kessler, Tannehill, uh, Derek Anderson. Like honestly, like it, you're looking at football outsiders in past EVOA, the best offense they played this season were the Patriots, and I don't even know if they're that good offensively. So. I think Mahomes should certainly have his way. He's went up against tough defenses this year in Baltimore. He's he's had strong games. I can't imagine him not being able to throw for over 300 yards and two or three touchdowns in this spot. So I like Mack and you look at DraftKings and it's, it's really hard to stay away from because he's priced so soft. But I will have some exposure to him. But, you know, as Joe said, Andrew Luck, I feel like they're going to throw the football i have the chiefs winning this football game i think the colts will will hang around but ultimately i think luck will have to throw the ball and, and mac may not get 25 carries as much as they want to give him 25 carries sure and have that game script i, I just i'm not sure he'll be able to you know get that kind of
0: workload and heinz are you among I'm, the believers of a bounce back
1: I, i'm not in tournaments obviously only but I uh, you know, I'd rather just play Mac. I You know, I feel like even if they do get down, he'll be on the football field. They're not going to show their their true hand. He, you know, he can catch, as I said. So, I, I'm going to have more exposure to Mac than than Hines, maybe like one or two sprinkles here and there.
0: All right, Joe, the pass catchers for the Colts. T.Y. Hilton, I mean, he's always great. And uh, going up against the Chiefs, who the final six weeks of the season were 27th against fantasy wide receivers. Uh, we, everyone likes Hilton. So you don't have to focus on him very long, just whether or not you're paying up for him. The bigger question on my mind is Mr. Dontrell Inman, three straight games getting into the end zone. The yardage is not huge, but against the Titans, he did have 77 and a touchdown and managed 53 yards on four receptions this past week. Uh, How interested are you in Hilton or any of these auxiliary pass catchers?
2: Yeah, you know, I think it's really interesting. I think that one more thing that I'll add on Mac is that he ran a season high in routes last week. So that that definitely okay. has me off of Heinz a bit. I was one of those people that play Hines Heinz as a salary reliever. R.I.P. Week. Joe. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> um, I honestly think that this is a totally different slate, though. There wasn't anything last week to pay up for um, right. at least a running back position besides Zeke. So this. This week is totally different. I, I just don't want to, from an opportunity cost, give up a running back slot for someone like Hines. Um, so, but to your question, it, yeah, I mean Ty. I mean he's he's been limited in practice throughout the week, but I mean he was limited last week as well, and still got it went got out there and got at least he got ten targets. It wasn't a massive game by any means, but I think you can go back to him in this spot for sure. Uh, in KC, it's always a really tough spot, right, with that pass rush. But I think, like I said before, Indy is going to be able to. Give him enough time to get downfield, and that's one of the things that I'm really looking at for a guy like T.Y. What
0: about Dontrell Inman? You got interest there, or is yeah, that Inman, just
2: fluke? Inman's a weird one, because like last week, it, it was kind of like pick your poison. Do you want Inman? Do you want Rodgers? Obviously, Inman had a better chance to probably score a touchdown in that game, and I think his role is actually relatively safe in the red zone. He's been one of those guys that's seen a decent amount of red zone looks over the last three, four weeks or so. Uh, So I definitely think if you're looking for a touchdown 4,800, I I think that wide receivers are going to be a key to the slate, like trying to find guys in the mid to low range so you can jam in some of these running back studs. So yeah, if you can't get up to TY at 6,700, I know that you guys mentioned that the pricing is, it's kind of soft, but it's actually like super weird in general. We'll get to running back, I'm sure. But yeah, getting up to TY, even at 6,700, it will be an interesting one. But in the net, 48, um, Gives you a similar touchdown expectation. I would imagine you'll probably get him at a little bit lower ownership as well.
1: Love the red zone call, Joe, because we talked about that last week and it was two straight games where he was getting red zone targets. And it's exactly what it had last week. Red zone target was 18 yard touchdown. So I I, th- I think he's a strong play and what could potentially be a shootout.
0: And so, Chris Meaney, Eric Ebron, smash situation, or are you a little bit concerned about uh, his injury?
1: yeah there's always concern I mean he's been on the injury report all year it seems like with Eric Ebron it's not just one thing it's a hip it's a knee it's a foot um you know it's another good matchup Mike you mentioned last week how you know he had to play him against Houston and what what we see on the opening drive was it's just that I mean (laughs) Houston struggled against tight ends all year and they still went one-on-one single coverage against Ebron he lit him up and and the Chiefs have have struggled all year long against the tight end position right they've allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends so I think Eric Ebron's in a good spot I like a lot more than Zach Ertz I'll say that
0: oh all right all right let's talk about the Kansas City side of the ball uh Chris we'll we'll keep it with you Patrick Mahomes you gotta pay the piper if you want to play Patrick Mahomes seven thousand dollars over on DraftKings just for context Andrew Luck who we've been talking about eight hundred dollars cheaper are you conserving your your budgets at quarterback or are you trying to find some lineups where you can get Mahomes in
1: I'm trying to find some where I can get Mahomes in more so. You know, in tournaments, I think he could be a contrarian play because of his price, especially if you're playing on FanDuel. Nine thousand dollars is a lot to pay up for a quarterback, especially last week when we saw basically everyone on the slate had twenty fantasy points. It was Andrew Luck who who didn't reach that mark, and Nick Foles was just shy. I think Luck had eighteen, and and Foles had sixteen. So. You can get yourself a better balanced lineup, more of a balanced attack in cash if you spend down at the quarterback position. But like I said before, this Colts defense hasn't gone up against a lot of uh, you know top quarterbacks this season. And Mahomes has had his way all year long, especially at home. So I will have some exposure to him, and you know it's it's hard to ignore his weapons. We're going to go through them, but it, I love that stack between him and Travis Kelsey. I think it's one of the strongest ones on the board.
0: Yeah, the Colts the past or the, the final six weeks of the regular season. Seventh against fantasy quarterbacks, so holding up there pretty strong. Joe, how do you feel about the man who he just got paid? Mm-hmm. He might be the guy heading into next year. My dynasty team, I threw that out into the ether that I needed Damian Williams. You got it. Lo and behold, he got a contract that night. So let's let's speak positively about Damian Williams. At least I will. Joe, are you buying in to Williams and his recent success?
2: Man, you really teed me up for this one because you know how I feel about Spencer Ware as well. Um, <laughs> it, it's 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 totally it's totally gonna depend on what breaks with news, but yeah, fifty one hundred dual dual purpose back highest implied total on the entire slate, massive home favorite. Like it's it's a great spot, honestly. Like it's it's a spot where I mean, if we get a guy at that price who we can project for that type of volume. I definitely think that it makes a ton of sense. I I will say that Indy's been pretty good against the run this year for just looking specifically at how they've been in the passing game as well. Kind of uh, middle of the pack in that regard, Um, probably a little bit below average 25th in DVOA against running backs in the passing game. But yeah, like he's one of those guys that stands out if you're just looking purely on on touch volume. If we get some news with Spencer Ware, I definitely think that he's a guy that's squarely in play.
0: Yeah, that will be the the big question. How does that timeshare actually work out? I think I was, he deserves the role. I mean, they gave oh, him the contract. Yeah, right? yeah he, I, I would agree. Over the past
1: couple weeks, and even if Spencer Ware plays, I think you know maybe that will shy people away from playing Williams, and maybe you'll get him with a lower ownership.
0: Sure, I was just looking at some overall team stats as you do. It's time to reflect on 2018, and this is for me. This is one of those things like you know. You, you, un- I mean, you know what was happening cause you saw it, but Kansas city running backs on the ground, 13 touchdowns, Kansas city running backs through the air, 12 touchdowns. That is unbelievable. I think second was the Patriots who you expected. They only had eight passing touchdowns, to the running back. I thought that was an absolutely just banana stat. So it speaks to what, what Joe was talking about, the dual purpose running back and that's Damian Williams. He's, he's got juice. Spencer Ware looks like he's a burnt toast out there. He's not the same since coming back from the injury. Any, any, uh, low key contrarian interest in Daryl Williams, the other Williams in Kansas city, Joe.
2: Not really. I think you're looking probably for a a cheaper piece. And if you're looking for a cheaper piece of this offense, it's probably Damian Williams for me. I I just think that it is a slate though, where the pricing is somewhat loose on DraftKings. So like getting up to Mahomes at 7k, I actually don't think that that's totally out of kind of the range of outcomes that I'll be looking for. Like, I mean, Indy's a pretty massive pass funnel as well. So if we get Mahomes at 7k, I think I prefer going that route if you mentioned that Travis Kelsey and uh, Mahomes is probably one of the top stacks of the week. It's really hard to burn uh, your first game uh, with the quarterback position just because you're basically building as the slate goes. At least that's kind of how I approach these slates. But, yeah, Mahomes is a guy. Like last week we had a bunch of quarterbacks that finished pretty close to each other. Mahomes could easily uh, kind of outscore the other options by quite a bit, and he's a guy that you would need in GPPs.
0: All right, Meany. Tyreek Hill going up against a a pretty stout Colts defense, or are you just going to give me the same old same old? They haven't played a play to, <laughs> they haven't played a play quarterback.
1: Tell me who can stop uh, uh, Tyreek Hill.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I, I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you you tell me. So are you paying yeah. up for him? Uh,
1: no, because I want to. I just want to pay up for for Travis Kelsey. I'd much rather pay up for him. I, I feel like the Colts will probably try to focus in on Tyree Kill but I I guess that would leave Travis Kelsey with some soft matchups but even still like he's had at least five catches in 15 straight games now 50 plus yards in six straight contests the Colts allowed a league high 103 catches and almost 1200 receiving yards at tight end so it's just such a good spot for him he's been used more inside the red zone over these past few weeks when he was kind of forgotten about early on in the season so I, for me, it's just if I'm choosing between – I can't get them both in, right? If I want that right. stack, I'm going to have to lean uh, Kelsey over over Tyre Hill. Not to say that he's not a good play because both of these guys, T.Y. and Hill, I think they should be able to exploit both of their matchups.
0: I was going to ask if you want to get nuts with Sammy Watkins, who has returned to limited practice. I've, he's not played in, what, f- five games? So yeah. he's he's been out for a while, but he's $4,500 on Drake. What is that about? You know I like to get nuts, but I don't know. I might be a little too nuts. I mean, Josh Reynolds is the exact same price. I mean, that's ridiculous. So I'm not even going to talk about Sammy Watkins. Chris Conley, he was fun to talk about for a few weeks, but he has absolutely vanished. Unless, Joe, you want to talk about No, I think
2: someone in that price range, I probably guess playing someone like Chester Rogers on the other side of the ball. I mean, it's pretty thin for some of the value in this game, as we mentioned. So I'm I'm kind of with you on on Tyreek Hill. I, I don't really... Pay that much um, for a wide receiver like that when I can get Kelsey. I think I prefer just paying up at the tight end position in general and kind of seeing what I can work out at wide receiver and um, paying up for those running backs, of course. So Tyreek's a guy that if he goes off, usually buries me. So that'll probably be another week that I'm just tilting his uh, his 97 yard touchdowns again.
0: <laughs> Cowboys, Rams. The Rams are seven point favorites at home, 49 and a half point over under. This is a majestic game for the running back position. Zeke, Todd Gurley, two studs, the most expensive guys you can get on the slate at the running back position. Joe, how are you looking at Zeke? Are you trying to smash him in? Are you trying to move the Tetris pieces just right so you can make sure that Zeke is in there?
2: Yeah, you mentioned opportunity costs really just at the running back position. Like the first thing that stood out to me was how much cheaper these guys were than they normally are on the slate. So Zeke at 8.2, Gurley at 8K. It just makes sense uh, and a lot of teams to kind of uh, play both of them and see what you can fit around them. I think that anytime we can get These running backs, we can easily project for about 20 carries on the ground and have just a massive role in the passing game as well. Like their ceiling is just so much higher than some of these other wide receivers that we'll talk about. And even though they're in the same game, we've seen them both go off in the same game before. Like Zeke's a guy that has been pretty much hitting his salary based expectation, even without touchdowns, finally gets in the end zone. Last week, I think, think they're going to continue to kind of lean on him in this game. Great matchup against the Rams, who are a lot worse against the run than against the pass. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much all in on Zeke again this week.
0: Dak Prescott, Chris I Meaney, gets to helm the, uh, the quarterback position for the Dallas Cowboys again. I don't mm-hmm. know if you realize that. <laughs> also, don't know if you realize, in the past four weeks, we've really only seen one good game from Dak Prescott. That was the final week of the season against the Giants when he... Went nuclear, three eighty seven and four scores through the air. Are you interested at all uh, in Dak Prescott against the Rams defense? Not
1: really, because you know you're right. Those games that he you know he shows up is because he he calls his own number and he has a rushing touchdown. So I'm with Joe, like I want Zeke, so you know I, that's where all my exposure is going to be. And even if this game does get out of hand, and actually I think Dallas could win this game. What? Uh, Absolutely, I think they could. I mean, they can control the pace. I mean, you look at the Rams. I mean, nobody allowed more yards per carry than the Rams this season five point one yards per carry. And you know, everything is going to go through Zeke. And even if they get down in this game, he's still going to go through Zeke because of his pass catch- catching ability and what he's done so far this year. I mean, look at the targets: five targets, four catches, six and five, eight and seven 13 targets and twelve catches five weeks ago. So this guy is is completely involved in every aspect of the game, and I think he's the safest player on the board. So. I, for me, I just I'd much rather just roll with roll with Zeke than than go with Dak. And as I said last week, if you're gonna be a little bit different in some of your lineups, like there's no point of just having like twenty percent of Zeke. It's either you're all in with him or maybe ninety percent. And if there's a couple lineups where you don't go with him and you think the Rams are just going to roll, then sure, roll, go ahead and, and go with Dak and maybe Amari Cooper as, as a stack because there's really not a whole lot of other weapons. The Rams are good against tight ends this season for the most part. Cole Beasley looked like he suffered a setback last week, and it was a foot injury. He came in, made a catch, and then he was on the sidelines. Hearn suffered a season-ending gruesome injury Oof. last week. So, yeah, that was rough. So it's all Zeke for me. I'm all Zeke.
0: All right. Then, Joe, Amari Cooper finally came back to life where he'd been missing who's on the back of a milk carton there for three weeks but seven for 106 against Seattle that's not too shabby not too shabby at all are you buying in to Amari Cooper this week Joe
2: yeah Amari's probably still going to be in a similar situation to me for me at least that he was last week like probably a pivot only if I really get this first game wrong Um, I think that um, you, you made a good point earlier, like you have to kind of either take a stand on some of these running backs, either go way overweight or try and play game theory and just not play one of them. I'm usually on the side that just goes way overweight. So yeah, I could see maybe for some teams that are behind moving away from Zeke and completely flipping the game script. I, I think that these playoff weeks in particular, you have to build lineups that like tell a story, right? So if, if Zeke doesn't have a great game on the ground, let's hope that maybe, maybe they're way behind and they end up having to throw a ton and Amari would certainly be kind of involved in that aspect so I definitely think that he's probably pivot only for me at this point
0: all right the Rams just to highlight that for Mark Cooper the Rams last six weeks of the season fifth against the wide receiver position they really tightened it up once their secondary got back and healthy Blake Jarwin whenever I call Blake Jarwin my guy <laughs> he just vanishes I, mean, I call called him my guy once two for eight I I back off Goes one nineteen and three. I call him my guy again. I bring him back into the fold. I give him the hug. The prodigal son has returned. I forgive him, and he gives me three for fifteen. So he's not my guy. That's. We'll, I'll give you some mojo. I hate Blake Jarwin. That means he's gonna. <laughs> that means he'll do. So he's going off. That means he's going off this weekend. Blake, <laughs> you jerk. That's that's all. That's all you get on this show. Moving over to the Rams, Jared Goff and company. How are you handling this? this Rams team, Joe.
2: Pretty similarly to Dallas. Like I think that Gurley is still the guy that I want on this offense by far. I think that the quarterbacks are at least interesting in game stacks, but probably game stacks only for me. I think that you want to get access to both running games um, for sure. Uh, There's a couple interesting guys uh, in particular, Robert Woods. I think this is a a great spot for him at 5,900. It's kind of where you attack this Dallas defense as well, kind of how Robert Woods is used. So if we're just looking at something like weighted opportunity rating, right? Like Robert Woods at just 5,900 is still top seven over the last four weeks in that uh, air yards target share type metric. So I really like Woods at 5,900 if okay. you are going to play a golf team, but probably still just uh, girly on that side of the ball for me too.
0: Do we have any interest in – the running back who's priced forty eight hundred dollars. Why is CJ Anderson forty eight hundred dollars?
1: <laughs> just in case Gurley doesn't play. Just in case the last second he's he's a scratch. I don't know, Mike. This I, I don't no. Know. I expect Gurley to play at full health.
0: What happened was somebody won a fantasy championship with CJ Anderson, and they're just propping up the price to try and pay respect to the man. I guess I don't. There's no other reason for that. So, meany we already talked about Robert Woods. Brandon Cooks is a little bit cheaper. Josh Reynolds is a lot a bit cheaper. Auxiliary pieces in any interest there? Uh, yeah, I'm with Joe.
1: I love wood so much. He's just been so safe and so consistent in terms of t- like just take away week 17 and take away week 16. And it's every single week. His take bag away every
0: bad game. He's nope, ever had. Take away the last and the
1: first. <laughs> take away those like the book ends. And in between those games, he's been pretty safe, man. We talk about it every single week. I think five catches in every single game, at least 50 yards in every single game. So I, I agree with Joe, the way to attack, you know, this Dallas defense will be with Brennan Cook. will so get some screens in there. Uh, he's been using the red zone a little bit more more, more recently, playing in the slot, obviously. The disappearance
0: of Brandon Cooks was yeah, shocking. Yes, a little,
1: con- little concerning.
0: In, in the, through the first, what, 11 weeks of the season, he was playing absolutely unbelievable football, five games over 100 yards, touchdowns. And then Cooper Cup goes out, and you think that the opportunity yeah. has now gone up for for Brandon Cooks, but he ended up vanishing. I know he had two touchdowns that last week of the season, but that's against San Francisco. So I'm with you guys on Brandon Cooks. I'm not I'm not exactly sure what to do with him until Cooper Cup comes back and then I guess he's really interesting. Gerald Everett, he's he's moderately interesting to me because the Cowboys are at least somewhat susceptible to the tight end position, at least for fantasy purposes, ranking against the other teams. But the upside is is so low. Do you do you buy into any ceiling for Gerald Everett, Joe?
2: I mean, I actually like him. I think he'll be one of the more like kind of popular punt options if you don't pay up for for Kelsey or Ebron. I guess just from a macro perspective, like one of the things that I really value at the tight end position is just targeting these high team totals as home favorites. Like the, okay. the home split for tight ends is definitely real. And for a position that is definitely skewed by touchdowns, I think just try, trying to attack these these high totals is something you can do
1: if you're paying down. And someone who's been trending up too, as Definitely. well, Mike. We've talked about him over the past few weeks. Is you know, I, again, let's knock count last week. It was week seventeen, but uh, you know, six targets, seven targets, seven targets is last You know, three games, uh, a total of fourteen catches over that span. So I agree. I think if you're going to punt at the tight end position, I don't suggest it. But if you're going to, that would be the Everett's guy that the guy. in that range. That's the guy for me.
0: All right. Before we move into the next match, I want to thank today's sponsor, Pristine Auction. You know who they are. You've been listening to the show all year. Pristine auction. Get on the website. It's the best sports memorabilia place to go. Get that signed gear. I'm looking at Todd Gurley up on the fantasy footballers wall. The old school Rams, in my honest opinion, the better Rams jersey. Maybe make that switch back. Regardless, there's there's hundreds of new things up every single day on Pristine auction. Maybe you like the new Todd Gurley jersey. I'm sure you could find that as well. I see Alshon Jeffrey over here in the corner, and I know that the the hands of Mr. Alshon Jeffrey have touched this because Pristine Auction, they use the best authenticators in the business. They're making sure everything is on the level, getting these guys to sign this gear. Check them out, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E com. Make a completely free account, and when you do it, let them know you heard about them from the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Chargers, Patriots. The Pats are four-point home favorites. We got a forty-six and a half point over/under. This is the early game on Sunday. Let's look at the Los Angeles Chargers, who, uh, quite frankly, made Lamar Jackson look foolish out there on the football field for three and a half quarters of the game. Joe, do you? Who do you like to win this game? Let's start with that. You got the Chargers? Yeah. Or the Pats. yeah.
2: I think, that, I think the Chargers have a really good chance to play well again. I, I'll be the first to admit I totally whiffed on them last week. I thought that they drew probably one of the worst matchups they could have drawn against this Baltimore team, but it's just a team that didn't really make any adjustments, and L.A. actually pressured a ton more than they have been recently, obviously, with Bosa back. That's a big part of their defense. So, yeah, I think the Chargers are going to play well. It's it's just a really tough spot from a DFS perspective. I think that this is Very. probably going to be by far the the – the kind of slowest pace game and like yeah some of these guys are at interesting price points for sure but I always struggle with the charge I struggle with them all year because these high efficiency teams that don't run a ton of plays it's a really tough spot from a DFS perspective especially with all the other options we have on this slate
0: do you have any faith in Melvin Gordon $6,200 over on DraftKings but he will allegedly be playing the game with two sprained MCLs uh, I don't know how you guys saw it but when I was watching the game, and he came back in after the injury, he looked slow to me. Maybe that was just my perception. Did you see kind of the same thing, Joe, or did you not really notice?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's not really a guy that's battled through injuries very well in the past. Like when he's been healthy, he's and underpriced. Like he's been just a smash play based on his his touch volume and his involvement through the air. But yeah, I'm as watching him after that. I just wasn't really, um, I guess, interested in him going forward. I think that he's still kind of pivot only, like kind of in that Amari Cooper salary range of like, if you're really behind, if you really mess up on a few teams early, that maybe he's in a pivot spot. But again, I think just kind of leaving yourself flexibility with the fourth game is probably the direction I'll go um, with this game as a whole. It's actually pretty similar to last week in that regard with the Chargers and Baltimore as the third game.
0: So if you have Gordon kind of as that pivot type of a guy, Austin Eckler is down here at $4,500. Great pass catcher, which honestly they might have to do against this Patriots defense. Do you have interest in him?
2: Yeah, Eckler is always the guy that always kind of stands out from like a leverage perspective. Like if we actually think that Gordon is going to be limited in any way, it's it's just really tough to again, like on a slate where we do have some elite guys to pay up for, like giving up that running back slot for someone like Eckler isn't something that I typically do. But I definitely think that that you'll be a little bit more unique if that's the piece that you're trying to go after in this game. I just don't know if it's necessarily for me.
0: Chris Meany, what do you have to say about the pass catchers? They face a daunting task, Keenan Allen and company, the the secondary for the Patriots, very strong. Final six weeks of the season, ninth against – or I apologize, uh, 17th against wide receivers. But you have Gilmore, who's one of the best corners in the league, and he can absolutely shut somebody down. He may not be on Keenan Allen. He might see – Mike Williams might see Tyrell Williams. I'm projecting him to, to shadow cover Mike Williams knowing that, or do you have interest in Keenan Allen?
1: Yeah, I think Gilmore will be on Mike Williams as well. I think it's okay. a good call. You know, I agree with Joe again with with the low total. I mean, it opened up at forty eight. It's gone down. It's forty six and a half. It may even continue to go down and see like a 23, 20 football game. You know, four of the top twenty corners according to Pro Football Focus are in this game. So, and you mentioned Gordon and his struggles. He's not going to be one hundred percent if he can't get things going. This offense could stall and. So it's Keenan Allen is, is the guy that I, I that I would play and I'll have some exposure to him. You know, in the slot, he should avoid Gilmore. He should get a few targets, especially if Gordon is if he suffers a setback and, and you know, Eckler can't run between the tackles, which I don't think he'll have success doing if given the opportunity. So I will have some exposure to Keenan Allen. But uh, again, I think this is going to be a, a low scoring football game and it's kind of one that I'm staying away from. I, I don't I'm, there's nobody really that's appealing to me.
0: Interesting. All right. All right. Uh, three guys. Hunter Henry will be activated, or I should say has been activated off of the IR. I can't imagine that any of us are crazy enough to throw Hunter Henry into that lineup. Or are we, Joe? <laughs> I, I won't
2: lie. Before he was ruled out last week, he was at least in the consideration for the punts just because if you're looking at some of these guys that are 3K and below, if he does run 15 routes or something like that, you would assume they're going to trot him out for – for the red zone uh, type role. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's super thin. Like, you're, you're basically getting a touchdown or you're probably getting a zero out of Henry. So, yeah, I'm not super interested. I think if, if I'm going to pay down, it's still going to be someone like like Gerald Everett that has more of okay. a secured role.
0: On the Patriots' side of the ball, old man Tom Brady has not, been, uh, has not been very touchdown Tommy to end this season. And the Chargers are an extremely difficult matchup. On the season the Chargers were seventh against fantasy quarterbacks Meany. Tom Brady, is he past his prime? Is he done? We've been saying it all year. I think we have. Been. <laughs> I mean he's I'm only just hit trying the to get a good soundbite from Chris Meany of him just yeah. torching Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: everyone's all over me all year, Torch Tom Brady. It seems like every guy I talked to is a Pats fan. But, uh, you know, I don't know. He hasn't hit the 20-point mark. He's done it twice in his past nine games. You mentioned the Chargers Gross. defense. Yeah, it's the Chargers secondary. And... Joe brought up a great point with the pass rush because the Chargers usually don't dial it up. They hadn't this year. Maybe that was part of Bosa as well as what you said, but you know they dialed it up last, last week, and the and the way to get after Brady and the Patriots is to dial up as much pressure as you can, and I think that will be the, the focal point. I mean, Gus Bradley, I thought, did a phenomenal job of adjusting last week to the Ravens, and, and I think he's going to dial up some pressure as well, so it's going to be some quick passes. I think ultimately New England will try to run the football. <laughs> Your best guess to which running back is, is going to be the guy. We'll right. dive into that short here but no for me it's not Brady there's there's other quarterbacks in the first game that we're talking about and then here with the in the next game that we're going to talk about much rather have some exposure to those guys
0: all right Joe let's get your best guess that we talked about (laughs) at that running back position Sony Michelle James White Rex Burkhead how are you looking at those three (laughs)
2: I mean I think just the way you introduced that probably says it all right like yes uh, it does it's just such a timeshare situation like yeah pick your poison with one of these guys if you want to kind of go the route of James White he's really been a guy that shined for this team in the in the postseason before does have a pretty secure role as a pass catcher you mentioned if they do get pressure it would make sense that that James White would be involved in kind of that that short to intermediate role so I I think he's probably the guy if I was to take a shot um, probably has um, so a decent amount of touchdown equity as well. Um, yeah, Burkhead's probably third on that list for me. Sony's more, if he gets a touchdown in the bonus, you're great. But if he misses one of those things, he's not going to win you a GPP.
1: That's the thing. I, I, if you play Michelle, he, I feel like he has to score a touchdown for you oh, yeah. to, to yeah. win a tournament, really, because the carries have been there and he's got some yardage, but he's getting those goal line opportunities taken away. I think, you know, if I'm going to choose one, it's going to be James White. Their price very similar on DraftKings, on FanDuel. I mean, White is really hard to get in because you don't get that full point for a catch, but he's he's almost $1,000 more than than Michelle. But I mean, looking at the Chargers, they've allowed the ninth most fantasy points to running backs in, in a full point PPR, and they've really really struggled against backs who can catch right they've allowed the fourth most catches to running backs this season 12 running backs have had at least four catches against them and white has had four catches in 12 of his 16 games but since rex burke has been back yeah. it's 10 touches or fewer in four of his last five games so i mean we all know that Belichick can throw that curveball at you, but if I'm going to choose one, I think the upside lies with White. He's been heavily involved in the red zone as well. We know even still that he could get a red zone rushing attempt, but he's been he's lead, he's led the team in red zone targets. So I, I think that that's why I have to lead him.
0: Julian Edelman and crew, they are very difficult through, to decipher through, similar to the running back situation. If the Patriots could just cut us a break, for the fantasy <laughs> shows, that, that would really help us out. I like Jules. I think he is extremely safe. We talked about him on uh, on the, the latest episode of the Footballers. Just how incredibly consistent he has been. He doesn't ever dominate for you, but his worst game was Week 13 against the the Vikings, three for 25. Other than that, I mean he's a he's a 50 yard guy, five for 50. With a high opportunity to score, so I think he's very interesting and priced to a uh, to a part where at sixty three hundred bucks, it's he's interesting to me at least over on DraftKings. Joe, how are you handling Julian Edelman and company? Are you going you going down into the well with Chris Hogan or Philip Dorsett? Honestly, I, I think that Edelman's probably my
2: favorite piece in this game for a lot of the reasons that you just mentioned. Like, there's so much value, especially with a team like the Patriots, to try and find a role that we think is relatively secure, someone that Brady's super, uh, I guess, is willing to throw the ball to it in rough situations. So, I, I think that Edelman at 6,300 is fairly priced, uh, third and weighted opportunity rating over the last four games. So if you're kind of looking at, at that spot versus like Keenan Allen and T.Y. Hilton, I think that that's like a big decision for a lot of people. But I agree with you. I think that, that Julian Edelman, especially in cash games, is by far the
0: safest. Does anyone want to play Gronk? Nine cash. <laughs> Tell you that. <laughs> um, no.
2: Yeah, no. I think that at that point, I'm either going to try and pay all the way up or pay all the way down. I, I think that going barbell at, at tight end is, is more often than not the way to go.
0: Yeah, Gronk has hurt me so much this season. I cannot endorse. Could be the last game we see from him. Oh! Ooh. Chris Meaney <laughs> is just blowtorching the Hot entire Patriots. <laughs> What's <is> happening? <laughs> I don't like him. It's because he's pumped up for his his team over on this <laughs> matchup. Philadelphia takes on the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are 8-point favorites at home. 51-point 51, 51 over-under. Chris Meaney how does that eight-point underdog total feel in your face, meanie. Yeah, I mean, just like we – that's what we like, underdogs, right? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't feel
1: great about this matchup, to be honest with you. I mean, you can't. You're going into New Orleans. I think it's an extremely tough environment to play, and the last time they played there – is 48-7. I think this game is going to be a lot different. Car- Carson Wentz played in that football game. It was the worst game he's he's played in his career. He had three picks. Uh, he struggled. And since then, the defense has turned it up. I mean, they were down to their sixth and seventh corners at that time. You know, look at Drew Brees and just some of his splits. It's just remarkable what he's been able to do at home this season. 21 touchdowns, one interception. You go look at his last four games and it's like, oh, he struggled a little bit. Three touchdowns, three interceptions. Well, three of them came on the road. And he's just so dominant at home and, and 29 touchdowns and two interceptions in his first 11 games. So it, it's, this is the game for me. I think the total at 50, I think it's too low. I, I really do. I think the Eagles can get to 20. I think they can get to 24. And if they get to 24, you know, the the, the saints are going to get to that number as well. So I think it can go over and, you know, you're talking about late swaps. This is the one I think to, to save some cash for and to, you know, strategize if things don't go your way in, in that first game and you You know, you may have to make some adjustments, whether it's getting Zeke out of, you know, your lineup and, and, you know, Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara or whatever you're going to do there. But uh, I I think this is going to be a shootout. I think this is going to be the highest scoring game on the board this week.
0: So how are you, which Philadelphia running back can possibly help carry the Philadelphia Eagles? Adam Sproles, Smallwood. This is even worse than the Patriots situation to me.
1: Yeah, and Adams had one snap last week. It, there's no there's no running backs at all. I mean, you look at Nick Foles, two point two seconds, that's that's the time that has been gone when he gets the ball out of his hands. It's it's number one in football, and that's what's gonna continue here in Philadelphia. The offensive line has been really strong. Listen, they've won they went against Cleo Mack last week. He was a non factor really. He one hit, no sacks, JJ Watt, uh Aaron Don- Don- Donald, excuse me, three of those guys in the last four weeks. Zero sacks combined and only three hits the quarterback. I think Foles is going to have some success getting the ball out quick. They're going to struggle uh, to run the football against the Saints. You guys know this. Yeah. The Saints have been amazing against running backs all year long. Uh, Sproles, maybe if I was to have a guess, Sproles w- would be the guy that I think could do the most damage, even though Wendell Smallwood is is trending up. But for me, it's guys like Golden Tate, Alshon Jeffrey getting the ball out quick. And I think Tate is in a really good spot if he can match up against PJ Williams.
0: All right, Joe. How are you looking at the Philadelphia wide receivers? Alshon Jeffrey, he absolutely vanished in the middle of the season only to find his uh, motionless corpse resurrected by Nick Foles, and he has absolutely been dominating the past month, month and a half. Are you excited for Alshon Jeffrey, or are you with Chris Meany? You think that Golden Tate's in a, in a hot spot? Nelson Aguilar, how are you working with the Philadelphia Eagles?
2: Yeah, last week I I was definitely overweight on Aguilar and on Jeffrey. Jeffrey probably going to see shadow coverage from Marshawn Lattimore, even though this year we haven't been as scared of that situation. So, yeah, I think that in his range probably still prefer Robert Woods. But, yeah, if we're paying down, this Aguilar versus Tate thing is super interesting. Like both of these guys are seeing usage at at kind of closer to the line of scrimmage. But what we saw from Tate last week, I, I expected a lot of that to go to Aguilar. So it's, it's kind of a tough spot to really go overweight on anyone on Philly. Like, I, lo- I love this game, but trying to figure out if you're going to stack up the New Orleans side of the ball, who to bring it back with, is definitely a challenge. Um, so I think from the wide receivers, it's probably just take some shots on Aguilar or Tate and just hope that you pick the
0: right one. We haven't actually – I'm trying to recall. We've been talking about paying off for the tight end the whole show. Have we really mentioned Zach Ertz in that area, or is it just Kelsey for you, Joe?
2: Yeah, it's a really tough matchup, obviously. New Orleans has been very good against a tight end fourth and DVOA, but if we're just looking at routes run per game, like Zach Ertz is right there at the top but again going back to just from a macro perspective, it's really tough to take a shot on some of these guys with low totals. He's not at home. yeah I mean I, I definitely prefer getting all the way up to Kelsey or, or getting all the way down with Everett like Ertz is, is probably pivot only for me but if you're, if you're trying to look for a guy to bring it back with he still probably has the highest ceiling of this group.
1: Yeah, I think it's pivot only as well. I mean, you go back and look at week 11 in that matchup, only only three catches or three targets rather and two catches for, for 15 yards and a lot of 11 personnel with the Eagles lately. And then that game winning touchdown with Golden Tate, Ertz wasn't even on the field. So I mean, Golden Tate had 41 snaps which is the most he's had as an Eagle and he ran 27 routes which is the most he, he's run since that week 11 game that was his early on in his Philadelphia career. So I think he Ertz makes for a, a, you know a decent pivot, but I I just feel like this is a Golden take game. I don't know why. Maybe just a little bit from last week, but he's just starting to trend up for me, and I just see it.
0: What about Goddard? Dallas Goddard. uh, Ben Cummins uh, sang the praises of Dallas Goddard, and he kind of came through there. Meanie, what's your interest in Goddard?
1: Yeah, like I said last week, I thought it was a great call by Ben, uh, using both tight ends a lot lately, like they did last season with Selleck and with... um, the guy in Chicago is slipping my mind right now that all of a sudden had the Burton who had the groin injury yeah. popped up. Um, but yeah, so Goddard and Ertz are going to be on the field a lot, but it's just I like much what we said about maybe Everett or. Hunter Henry is just, you're hoping for a touchdown. That worked out. I mean, there were some successful lineups with Goddard. I had one of them. I mean, he's very cheap if he can find a touchdown. You're just banking on that touchdown. I don't see anything more than a couple catches. So I think I'd just rather, you know, slot in Everett there and he's
0: cheaper. All right. The Saints side of the ball. Drew Brees. Chris Manny, I think you've laid it out that the argument for Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, one, both. How are you handling those guys, Chris? I
1: like Camara. I, I just he's more explosive. He's been involved in the passing game a lot lately. I mentioned last week when Jordan Hicks has been back in this lineup. The Eagles have been strong against the run. Now it's 67 rushing yards allowed to running backs over the last three games, of course, and none of them to the statue of Mark Ingram or Alvin Kamara. I think this game is going to be close, and I think that Alvin Kamara is going to get a lot of usage. We talked about the struggles of the Eagles secondary stopping running backs who who can catch. It's this is, this is a great spot for Alvin Kamara. But if if you're not buying what I'm selling and you think the Saints are just going to roll and they're heavy home favorites and Mark Ingram can certainly just they can lean on him like we saw in that week 11 matchup. It was Ingram who had over 100 yards and got all the usage. But I mean, I think it's going to be close. Maybe Joe thinks it's gonna be a little bit different. But Kamara is, is the guy
0: for me. Joe, how do you look at those running backs?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I love Kamara. Just if you're if you're looking for some ceiling in this fourth game, like it, it's pretty tough to argue with that. Even at, at seven thousand three hundred, like you really have to get creative to play Zeke, Gurley, and Kamara. But I mean, it it is somewhat doable, and I think it'll give you somewhat of a unique lineup construction as well. Like. It's a spot where like we're targeting Philly last week just because of how weak they are against running backs in the passing game. So I think that Kamara is really like he's basically the Tariq Cohen play from last week, but a little bit more expensive. They just didn't end up using Cohen in that way. So I would expect uh, Sean Payton to to use Kamara uh, pretty heavily against this Philly team, because if
1: I was to attack Philly, that's that's how I would do it for sure. Yeah, 110 catches, the running back, second-highest mark in the NFL. Yep.
0: At the wide receiver position for New Orleans, Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith. Smith. Uh, clearly Thomas is a stud, but Chris, is he worth his price this week?
1: Yeah, I think he is absolutely. Okay. Um, the secondary is it, it, it's bad. I know it's improved over the past few weeks. of getting some bodies back, but he is. I mean, you see what Allen Robinson did last week, and Michael Thomas wasn't a factor in when these two teams played in Week 11. But you know, he, he still, I, th- I still think he had a decent game on a limited sample size in terms of targets. You know, but for for me, uh, yeah, four targets, four catches, 92 yards. For me, I'm I'm interested in ten good. Uh, okay. You know, he, he came back week 16 and he had eight targets, five catches, 74 yards. He's he's been explosive more so at home than on the road over the past, you know, a few years, at least 55, y- 55 yards and five straight home games. That's dating back, of course, to last season because, you know, he suffered an injury in week four. But when he came back in week 16, he was the clear cut number two in that offense. He ran the second most routes. He had the second most targets. So uh, I have some interest in him. Forty four hundred dollars. I think he's a sneaky little tournament play.
0: Well, that about wraps it up. Joe, do you have anything else you want to say about the Saints before we close it up? I will say that it's at least interesting. Ben
2: Watson, not a guy that I typically play a ton, but if you're really kind of in a bind late and you're kind of looking between him and Dallas Goddard, it is a pretty nice team total there, and it just gives you leverage off of a lot of the more popular New Orleans uh, pieces for sure. So I think that that's someone that you could consider kind of uh, pivoting to if you're in trouble.
0: All right. We've given you the information. Now see how we went with our lineups in this week's Battle Royale. DFS Battle Royale. The rule of the show is guests always go first. Since you're the first guest to ever be on this <laughs> show, Joe, uh, we're gonna let you give your lineup first.
2: Is that true? First guest? That's that's a yes. lot of pressure, man.
0: Yeah, you your lineup better crush it.
2: All right. Well, I built I built this as we were doing the show, so hopefully that's uh that's perfect. So you're
0: a slacker. <laughs> is what yeah, you're telling exa- me
2: exactly or all right. i just wanted to hear what i wanted to hear the takes before i fully built my team um, that's a,
0: that's better all right who you got <laughs> all right so
2: uh with quarterback i went drew breeze again like just trying to get as much flexibility as i can like i'm, I'm really going to emphasize having players from this last game so if we just want to go position by position or we can go with my, my main stack is going to be breeze to gen uh to kamara bring it back with golden tate um, and then I'm jamming in all the running backs. I'm going to have Zeke, Gurley, and Kamara, Woo! and then see kind of what I could fit from there. So LA Rams defense at 3K. I think that's a really solid value for them in that spot. Uh, I think if you want to get access to that game, that's that's a really decent way to do it. If we're just looking for someone else from that game, Gerald Everett at tight end. I think if we're paying down, he's probably my guy. And then from there, I about. 48 or so 100. So I went with Inman, just hopefully get a touchdown out of Dontre Inman in that first game and be a little bit unique without having too much of the KC or Indy game.
1: All right,
0: Manny, who you got?
1: I actually have a very similar lineup. but I'll go to a different one. We take some of the top backs out, maybe just give people a difference here sure. um so I, I spent down with Nick Foles at the quarterback position $5,400 I got Zeke in there like I said earlier I th- I'm gonna have a lot of exposure to him so Zeke is in there at 8,200 James White 49 Michael Thomas Golden Tate Ted Ginn uh I spe- spending that money that I couldn't spend on Alvin Kamara up at Travis Kelsey I got Inman as well in the flex spot and uh the Chargers my defense
0: all right I got my oatmeal lineup my it's, it's a little lumpy it's a little bit weird but I got Patrick Mahomes. I paid up seven nice. k for Patrick Mahomes, and I went with that quarterback running back stack. So I actually have Mahomes and Damian Williams. Got Sony Michelle, hoping for that touchdown at my other running back position. Jules in his majestic beard. Julian Edelman, Tyreek Hill. So I'm actually got the uh, the triple stack there in the Chiefs game. I want all in on that over under. Alshon Jeffrey. Gerald Everett, I had to save some money because I fit Todd Gurley into my flex. I was Ooh, pretty happy about go. that, and I went with the Chargers defense because they're cheap, and I actually think that the Chargers are going to win this game. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Joe Holka, thank you so much for jumping on the show. You he was a it was a late addition, ladies and gentlemen. We we needed someone to step up. Joe said, "I'm the guy." Where else can people find your work, Joe?
2: Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys having me. Always, uh, always willing to kind of uh, step up for you guys when you need it. Um, but yeah, everyone, uh, all my content is over at YouTube and on Twitch. So, youtube.com slash Joe Holka, twitch.tv slash Joe Holka. Be doing a pivot show with Evan Silva on Sunday. So, if you have some teams that are in some trouble, definitely check us out then.
0: You got Silva? Thanks.
2: Oh yeah, two weeks in a row. Silva's really stepping up for me. So, uh Peter Jennings has been on on the show a bunch on on Sunday mornings as well. We're, we're going all out, man. We got we got to try and get some some names to get some people over to
0: Love Twitch. it. Is Silva Love bringing it. That's great. Is he bringing his jug?
2: He actually locked himself out of the house like 5 minutes before we were going live last that week. That sounds so
0: like he, Silva. Yeah, yeah, so we, <laughs> we had to, we had
2: to push it back, but he came through and he brought the fire, that's for sure. <laughs>
0: I, what a guy. I just imagine him having to shimmy through a window. If, Silva's a, if you don't know Evan Silva, what well, you're ridiculous like, yeah, dig yeah. into the industry. He's one of the greats, but he's a, he's a big dude. So oh, yeah. seeing him trying to break into his own home is very exciting and very, very funny to me. There you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, best of luck. I hope you get the absolute best spot on your couch this weekend and do not leave for anything. It's my favorite weekend of the year. Ladies and gentlemen, best of luck. For Chris Meany, Joe Holka. I'm your host, Mike, the Fantasy Human. Right. Wright. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.